What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Productivity in Tech, the podcast where I, Jay Miller, sit down with a special guest each week and we talk about not to do apps. Uh, it's so weird. Like people get so confused. They're like, oh, it's productivity and tech. What app are you using? We rarely ever talk about apps. We might talk about apps in this one. Um, but my guest this week is the one, the only Gene McDonald. Gene, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for having me. We're going to get into Gene's story. But before we do that, I have to talk about our two sponsors, our one and a half sponsors, our one sponsor, really just me doing a bunch of other things. Um, the first one is the Pit Premium memberships are back and it is $10 a month or $100 a year. And what that gets you is all the things that you would get for free, which are the Pit Slack channel, the Pit Discourse, the uh, Pit Newsletter, and so many other things. But we kind of crank it up to 11 on each of those. We have private channels for our premium members. We go out and actually do research and dig and and look up questions that our premium members want to know about. And then we we bring them back and, and share. And you also get private or not private premium, um, the premium spot in line towards our upcoming mastermind groups where we pitsters, people in pit, uh, get together and work together to become more productive people in tech. Um, and again, if you want to learn more about that, that is at productivityintech.com slash memberships. And the second thing is a new project that I have started recently called comptalks.dev. And that's a mouthful. Uh, but comptalks.dev is a multi-headed dragon of sorts. But the biggest thing is I have given a lot of talks in my life. I love talking to people. One thing I have rarely done is given conference talks. And it's not because I have stage fright. It's not because my talks don't get selected. It is I always forget to submit my talk in time before the CFP closes. And I forget to purchase my conference tickets. And I forget to do all of that scheduling. Conf Talks is the way that I am trying to fix that. So when you go to comptalks.dev, the index gives you a list that just says, hey, at a conference and you can add any conference that you want. If we have it, great. If we don't have it, it adds it even better. And then you can sign up for notifications on that conference. Those notifications are when the conference starts and ends, when ticket sales open and close. And of course, when the CFP dates are with links to all of those pertinent informations or pieces of information. And we have over 200 different developer type tags. So if you are an Erlang developer, I was playing around with the backend and I noticed we have a tag for Array Fortran or Co-Array Fortran. So if you like doing co-arrays with Fortran, then we may have conferences for you. And it is absolutely 100% free for both developers and conferences. Again, that is at conftalks.dev. But you did not come to hear about any of that stuff. You came to hear from my guest, Gene. Please let everyone know what it is that you do around the internet. <laughs> well, um, my primary focus uh, currently is micro.blog, which is a new, although not brand new, because we just celebrated our second anniversary of launching the the platform. It's a blogging platform with a social media component. So um, we can host blogs. We make it really simple for people to write short form posts or long form, 
long form um, posts as well. And uh, our mission is to one, get people writing on their own sites uh, again, instead of putting all their content on Twitter or Facebook and having it locked away in these corporate silos. And uh, two, to provide a friendly community where people can share thoughts and ideas and feedback with other bloggers and uh, where we have pretty stringent community guidelines that are um, taken very seriously. So uh, that's, I'm the community manager. In fact, that's my official title, although um, I do quite a bit together with the founder, Manta and Reese, uh, to make this, make a go of this platform. And we're pretty excited. Um, things are looking really good. We have a great um, base of users. And I myself blog a whole lot more since I started doing micro.blog. So that's my primary focus. I also, um, I do a few podcasts. Uh, one is called Micro Monday, which is a weekly podcast that I do with um, it's an interview show with one member each week from the micro.blog community uh, to kind of put a voice to the um, to the blogger. And I do a, a um, over at the Incomparable Network, I do um, some pop culture related um, podcasts, either I uh, um, am a guest on on several of the main show episodes. But I also just recently finished a run of podcasting about the Canadian sci-fi show Orphan Black. And, and then I also do a, a productivity uh, podcast called The Weekly Review with James Dempsey co-hosting with me. So we just had uh, one of your, I would call them co-conspirators, um, Aline Sims oh, online yes. with us. And... We were both raving about the weekly review. Uh, neither one of us are uh, GTDers, which she says she's not at all. I say I'm not a purist, but yeah. uh, I love the show. It reminds me to do a weekly review. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you if you've done your weekly review, but since it's the middle of the week, uh, I can't really do that. But uh Tell me why why did you decide to do a a productivity show? Because all of the other projects sound like into pop culture, into community, and then you have this productivity thing. Well, uh, you know, it's also born out of community and uh, pop culture in a way. Uh, James Dempsey is a friend of mine through the tech community. In fact, we met at a conference five years ago, uh, CocoConf, and he, uh, among the, the, the things he does, besides being an app developer and a former Apple employee, he is the band leader of James Dempsey and the Breakpoints, which is a super nerdy <laughs> band. And all our songs are, are about uh, uh, software development. <laughs> and um, and I, I play guitar. And James invited me to be a conditional breakpoint in the band. So I play once a year at WWDC with James. And that's how we got started um, being friends. And he and I, every year we do, as part of that show, we, we do a fundraiser for App Camp for Girls, which is a organization um, if you had, you had a lean on. So she spoke about it, but 
you know, to bring um, gender equity, bringing more um, underrepresented people to the software business. And um, I'm, I founded the program 2013, I guess it was. And anyway, James offered one year to make his show a, a fundraiser. And then I started working with him every year, you know, on that fundraiser. So we had a huge project every year. <laughs> and one year in the spring, he said, you know, I just read this book called Getting Things Done. Do you know it? <laughs> and I was like, oh, do I know it? Like, I read it uh, uh, like 12 years earlier. And I said, you know, I have tried several times to get on the Getting Things Done uh process. And it makes sense to me when I read the book, I liked it, but I always fall off the wagon. And James and I were just talking about it. And I said, but if I had a friend to do it with, maybe it would, you know, maybe it would stick this time. And then I said, the, the, you know, famous last words, we could even do a podcast about it. <laughs> and so James was immediately interested uh, because he had not done a podcast yet, and and he was interested in in you know just the the form, the art form, if you will. And I was interested in having a chance to talk to James every week, and 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 so that's how we got started on a productivity podcast, the one where we're not gurus, we're not productivity gurus, though. That's in our description. We're just regular people who would like to do a better job of taking care of stuff. You know, that's, that's one thing that uh, doing productivity in tech for a few years now, we have a lot of my guests, the question that they always say is, or the question they always ask is, why are you asking me to be on the show? I'm not even <laughs> productive. And uh, I often tell people like, and and this is this is my productivity coach hat coming on. Okay, but I tell I tell people like, you are being productive if you have a goal to accomplish something and you start working towards doing that thing. You are already so many steps ahead of all the other people out there that. Um, as, as Mike Schmitz would loan from someone else who wrote a book about productivity 10 years ago mm -hmm. would say like all of those lost dreams that just sit in the graveyard because no one decided to take anything from it. Or Elizabeth Gilbert might even say like when that creativity came by and you just chose to sit there with it instead of actually like grabbing it and harnessing it. Uh, that's something that I've seen in your story that, Regardless of if you've been able to stick onto a bandwagon of a productivity philosophy, I mean, you founded AppCamp for Girls, which is something that means so much to so many uh, young folks in the tech space. Mm -hmm. And we're getting to the point now where there are going to be people who are going to college for computer science degrees. And the first time they were introduced to technology was through app camp for girls. Yeah. And, um, as a new father, I'm excited because my daughter will grow up into, in a world where app camp for girls exists. And to me, that is what productivity is. Yeah. I build so many things just because I get a, I always say a wild hair up my butt, but <laughs> literally like, it's like, I want to build this thing. And I just start building it. And 
could I do it in a more productive way? Probably, but <laughs> I'm already doing better than so many others by just doing it. And and that's where um, one of the things that I noticed in your Twitter profile, uh, you it says it. I mean, it says like co-director of AppCamp for Girls. It says you know community manager for micro.blog, but then it says Lyft driver. And <laughs> I sit there and think, was the decision to drive for Lyft like an avenue to pursue all of these these career goals that you that you're achieving right now? Yeah. Well, it wasn't it wasn't that I was thinking, oh, I, I should get another part-time job or anything like that. I honestly I had um I was inspired by other Lyft drivers. I I switched from Uber to Lyft only as a rider, I don't know, like five years ago. And I, you know, I knew that there were, even with Lyft, you know, people have questions about the, you know, the fundamentals of the gig economy and whether it's uh, some exploitation, you know, corporate exploitation. And I thought, well, I, so I would always talk to the drivers and um, get their opinions and, you know, what their opinions on Lyft versus Uber was. And a couple of them said, you should just drive, you know, for Lyft. You try it out, like you might like it. And I thought, I'm curious, you know, like it's something that I could do. I have an, a decent car, you know, it's not too old. I have um, good knowledge of the city I live in, Portland. And I thought, I, I just want to try this thing out. So I did. Um, I And I had this in-between time. I was giving up um, my work uh, at App Camp for Girls, so handing that off to a new executive director because I had done like five years of that and I felt like it was time for me to move on to the next um, project, which was micro.blog. And so in between the two, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll just drive for Lyft for a little while and see how that goes. And it turns out I really like it. <laughs> and I really, it gets me out of the house. It just uses a different part of my brain than um, sitting in front of the computer and working with software. And it, I meet real people in person. <laughs> so that's just a, uh, you know, it's, it's a good experience for me. So I'm close to a thousand rides that I've given, which sounds like a lot, but you know, by Lyft driver standards, um, it's not, you know, some people get, you know, a thousand rides, maybe not a month, but every few months. And I've been doing it very part-time for about two years, but um, yeah, I, I just enjoy it. And, and it is something that I can do to earn some money if I need to. And, um, and sure, you know, it does support me working at a startup like micro.blog while, you know, we build our, uh, build our platform. And, but even, it, it, even if I didn't want to earn the money, I think I would do it anyway for the kind of get out of the house and do something productive in a completely different way. I love how you mentioned that it has you interacting with people, you know, face to face, and it, it utilizes a part of your brain that, doesn't involve sitting, you know, behind a keyboard. <laughs> and I, I think that that is a lost art in in today's society that many people like and myself included, I, 
I go to a nine to five and then I come home and I do podcast interviews. And then when I'm done with podcast interviews, I edit audio and video. <laughs> and there's there's very little time where I'm not in front of a computer and my eyes hurt and my ears hurt half the time. But it is something that I have contemplated like, okay, how do I position myself so that I get to spend more time away from a screen and interacting with more people. And that's coming from someone with anxiety problems. So mm -hmm. like if, if I can be anxious and be out in public with people, then <laughs> I feel like that is, that is a desperate call for like, Hey, um, at least people in, in the Western part of America that, that mm -hmm. I live in, you know, we need to, we need to look at this. We need to examine what we're doing and we need to rethink and collect ourselves. And I think the way that the way that you're doing that with being a Lyft driver is so cool, but it also resonates to all of the other things that you're doing um, with micro.blog and working in that community as a whole to make a greater community online, which is so mm -hmm. important. And then also having a reason to interact with, with other folks and I, I feel like that is so cool. Like the fact that you started a productivity podcast just so that you could have an <laughs> excuse to talk to someone really cool. I mean, I would I would say that we are cut from the same cloth um, <laughs> in that manner. But I, I want to take the conversation back to micro.blog. Sure. Um, I have one. Uh, I... I host my own and it's broken. So okay. <laughs> I might need to work with Manton on that, but it's, it's yeah. my fault. My, all of my posts post at the exact same time on the exact same day, which leads me to believe that uh -huh. I did something wrong with my date formatting. I think but, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But one of the things that you mentioned earlier was that micro.blog has a very strict policy on harassment, on what can and can't be talked about per se, and and the use of hate speech. And mm -hmm. this is something in, in today's climate that is very, very like, I don't know, everyone, everyone either has an opinion on it. And, um, you know, just to, to clarify how it works on micro.blog, one of the things about how the whole platform is structured is that you have control over your blog and you can, you know, aside from uh, certain categories of speech, uh, you can write about whatever you want. You can have op whatever opinions you want because it's your blog. The, if you use your blog um, posts to mention people on our timeline and you're harassing them, then we can just cut you off of the timeline and your blog can go on, you know, as your blog, whereas, you know, Twitter doesn't have that option. If they cut you off, you're off, you know, all your stuff is un, un um, reachable. And so that's, we feel like that the structure of micro.blog gives us a lot better flexibility in what we do you know, to enforce the community guidelines because, you know, we aren't, um, we aren't a closed silo. Your, your blog is your blog. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's still early days, like two years into it. We have a really good community and I can't say that there have been a lot of 
times where I had to face an issue over somebody's um, somebody's you know posting that that crossed the line on our community guidelines. I will say, like the most, the way I'm most active as community manager is trying to set a example, um, not only with my own posts. But also one of the things I do is I curate a timeline of like it's a it's a main feed of micro.blog, but but curate it by me to include posts that um, you know I think other people will be interested in or people looking for other people to in their same interest group, nice photos, pretty much any photo of cat, dog, kid. <laughs> I think I had a photo when I posted a photo when my daughter was born. And um, I remember that was the first time I think I had interacted with you like over a, a timeline <laughs> and that it was just like, yeah, please send more baby photos. We like those. <laughs> yes, we like babies. We like kids. Um, and what we don't um, put on that discover timeline is we pretty much keep politics out of it. Um, and that could be like governmental politics, but also um, platform politics. <laughs> like I, I, I don't like to put, you know, and, and actually keep relatively negative things off of it because people can always read that anywhere else. And we, we like things to be constructive. And, and um, so the Discover timeline is, is a sampling of posts from the community that show like the civil discourse that we intend to uh, promote and to nurture. And, and so that's, to me, I think that's, that's been the most important thing in uh, helping to, to bring the community together and help them find new people to follow and um, to interact with one another. So one of the things that, um, Aline brought up in our conversation was that she felt like she always wanted to work for someone different. She always wanted to have this idea of like having your own control, but also being able to interact with multiple people as a, I guess, a boss of sorts for you as, as a co executive director, um, it almost feels like your path is the same, but different. It's, it's the same in that you get to work with so many different people and interact with so many amazing people online, mm-hmm. but you aren't, you're, you're also interacting in like a narrow scope where you have like the same boss, uh, I guess in Manton. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if you refer to him <laughs> you know, in that way or not. <laughs> Only and joking. Um, <laughs> no, he, I mean it. He is the founder, and he is, you know, the the main uh, driver of things at Micro.blog. But um, you know, we we work together. Yeah. But even in that uh, sense, you are also okay with working. Uh, with Lyft, which, like you said, is not just a, a gig economy kind of deal, but it's a prominent one. It's one that is often in the news with Uber, kind of bundled in with Uber <laughs> and their shenanigans at times. But 
you're putting yourself in in kind of the spotlight of okay in micro.blog i am the curator of content in which everyone will see and hopefully steer the conversation in a positive direction in lift you're saying i want to be one of the good five star drivers that <laughs> gives people a reason to want to use lift more and yeah. i think that there's there's not really a wrong way in going about it either way whether you you choose to be like me who has developed for six years now and never worked with a team or to kind of say, okay, I want to be behind the scenes, but also be the example mm. of what that is supposed to look like, what a solid micro dot blog timeline should look like, what good discourse in the community looks like. I want to be that face without people knowing that I'm the face. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's interesting because uh, now it, the first big job I had in, in software development, at least Mac, Mac software and uh, is uh, working for smile. Um, and I was okay. there like very early on <laughs> and worked with Philip and Greg, who are the founders of Smile. And um, they were very much focused on the development side of things. And I was doing all the PR and uh, community building and promotion stuff. And so I tended to be the person that people knew from Smile just you know, for that reason, whereas and and I you know I enjoyed that because I Smile is a great company they have great products and I um, really enjoyed my time working with Philip and Greg and Manton is very similar a kind of developer like just really top notch you know in terms of the uh, quality of the work that he produces but also um, somebody with just a whole lot of integrity and vision that I really you know. I can I can get behind that and literally get behind it. Like I don't mind if Manton is the one you know people are more familiar with than me with Microdot Blog because I just enjoy facilitating his vision, which is is pretty great. Um, but I had to laugh when you said being a Lyft five star driver because I'm also kind of obsessed about that five star rating. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, people, when they give me a bad rating, I, I get a little bit like hurt feelings. It never, you know, never fails. Like if I once, I, I, I have, I think right now I have a literal 5.0 rating, which means every rating I've got for the last hundred rides has been 5.0, but it's gone down as low as like 4.8. And I'd be like, oh, this is terrible. But I, and then I say, I don't care. Nobody really cares. It doesn't have that much effect on your lift career. Um, and so <laughs> I tried to let go of the perfectionism of the 5.0, but I really wasn't successful because here I am bragging about having 5.0 again. I, I think it's funny. Anytime I've given, I usually do give a five-star rating as long as the, as long as we get from point A to point B and nothing yeah. uh, quote unquote eventful happens. But <laughs> The few times I've actually given, like, I think there was one time where my driver 
drove around the mall <laughs> a few <laughs> times trying to find the exit. And like we we went after like the third circle, I was like, okay, um, it's right there. <laughs> like I'm, I'm I've got to give you a four at that point. Yeah. Um, and and it not to hit not at his fault, but I mean he he wasn't from the area, so he didn't know he was. It was yeah. just One of those things. He's trying to look at you know the directions on the phone. The phone isn't helping, and yeah. You know, it, it it's one of those hard things because, again, there was nothing against him. It was just like, hey, I, I want to give a lower rating so that that way the experience gets looked at and maybe someone can fix that. Like, yeah. hey, maybe we do make our maps better or we look at <laughs> some form of technology that can help the, the driver experience. But it it is kind of – I'm trying to remember the – TV show. I think it was the Orville. And um, I know that. Oh, I you- saw that episode of the Orville. I think you're the one where people rate everybody. Yes. And your ratings, <laughs> like if your ratings got to a certain point, like you would be arrested and you'd have to go on like an Dale. apology tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. There's a, you know, kind of ratings obsession, you know, generally in the culture. And I think uh, the problem with the lift ratings is that, you know, by giving a person a four, you're basically saying they should fire this person because if their rating goes below like a 4.6, then they're, they're booted from the platform. And so just for the record, (laughs) (laughs) then why are all the other stars there? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Was this a good ride? Yes or no? no, There is a good, actually. So the other tip, you know, for the future is if you give someone a three star rating or lower, then you won't get matched with that driver again. And Mm. it goes both ways with passengers. If I give a passenger a three star rating, they don't, I don't pick them up. I don't get assigned to them again. And that has been helpful (laughs) because it's a small city. So that, that is a, a very cool hack is, and you said you have a blog of all of these different lift hacks. (laughs) I I mean, I have actually, it's, it's sort of a log of rides that I've given. um, And 99% of them are five star passengers um, because people, I don't want to downgrade people unnecessarily. So as long as they, they are where they said they were going to (laughs) be, they're polite and, you know, that's all I ask is like, everything else is a bonus. Sometimes people are chatty and have interesting conversations. Sometimes people just want to chill and that's totally fine too. Um, but, you know, the, uh, they legalized marijuana in Oregon. And that means like, sometimes I pick up people that have been like smoking pot and <laughs> like, I don't want to pick up these guys ever again. <laughs> now my car, I have to tell the next person I pick up, like, if you smell pot, just FYI, it wasn't me. <laughs> it was <laughs> the last passenger. Thank you, Oregon. <laughs> so, um, but yes, anyway, there's a lot of fun things that go along with Lyft driving, and there's very few. But this is Portland. This is in Portland. I don't think I, I would do it anywhere else, you know, because I think Portland, by and large, is a pretty friendly, easygoing place. And People don't get too stressed out. I can't even imagine being a Lyft driver, say, you know, in Los Angeles or New York City or something like that. I mean, we're in San Diego and there's so many one-way streets that you will often, you'll often like get a lift 
just to watch them drive by and be like, oh, they just missed us. And mm-hmm. and know that it's going to take them 10 minutes to come back around. And you're just uh, like, oh. Yeah. Anyway, so I think, uh, you know, by and large, I think Lyft drivers, you know, are are pretty good bunch and they try they try their best and sometimes you have one and I've had them too where they they clearly are not trying their best um, and don't take it seriously enough like I take it completely seriously uh, my car's spotless and I you know I, I consider myself in the customer service business when I when I turn on that app and I treat people, you know, as the, as customers and um, uh, not as people, (laughs) I don't know. I've definitely had a few rides uh, myself where I go, Oh my goodness, why is this person bothering to do this? Um, Because they clearly don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I definitely think that this is the, most interesting conversation I've ever had with a Lyft driver. Um, and I didn't even have to get in the car. So <laughs> yeah, it was free. <laughs> and it was free for like all the people that are going to listen too. like, that's awesome. Yeah. But we've, we've been talking about a lot of stuff. I think we should wrap it up there because we do have the after show coming up. People okay. listening. Um, if you haven't found out by now, the show doesn't end here. Uh, after each conversation that I have with my guests, they get to interview me and ask whatever questions they want and they can be about anything. And this is the first time that Jean is hearing about this. So she's like, what? And no, I'm ready. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I love it when people are ready. It's always, it's always a toss up of like, do I, do I enjoy the conversations more when there's like a specific set of questions or when they are just all over the place? But um, you, the listener, you can hear them, but there's one of two things you have to do. Uh, again, pit memberships this month and probably in the future too. I, I don't, I don't want to promise anything, but this month, definitely your pit premium membership goes to app camp for girls. 100% of it for the month of March. I uh, had forgotten what month it was for a second, but for the month of March, 100% of your membership goes to app camp for girls because I believe in the mission that they have that they have had for several years now and that the person that I have on the phone right now or on the internet call is had like started so long ago and we could talk about that for hours, but we don't have time like that. So uh, if you want to learn more about what app camp for girls is doing, I'm not even going to say go to my website. You can, if you want to productivityintech.com, but go to appcampforgirls.com, appcamp, the number four girls.com donate to them. Or if you decide to donate to Pitt, we're going to donate to them using the money that you gave us. So it's up to you. (laughs) But the other thing that you can do is you can help support independent development and podcasting by going to our Ko-Fi page. That is ko-fi.com slash J&J Media. J&J Media is the media company that I do five or six podcasts at this point and like edit podcasts and do marketing for creatives and and people who want to just have a cool idea. Um, But all of that comes out of my pocket. All of that comes out of my friend Jamie's pocket. That's why we're J and J and we just want to see more independent creativity flourish kind of like micro.blog. So if you're interested, you know what to do there. The links are in the show notes. But before we jump into the after show, 
Keen, I've enjoyed this conversation, but please tell everybody how they can find out more about you and all the things that you're doing. Sure. Uh, my blog is um, micro.welltempered.net. That is where my micro blog with some macro length posts are, are posted and other all my photos uh, and fun stuff like that. And on micro.blog, as well as Twitter, where I'm not so active these days, but I am MacGenie, M-A-C-G-E-N-I-E. You've been listening to my conversation with Gene McDonald. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I know I did. That was probably the best conversation with a Lyft driver I've ever had. But if you want to hear more conversations like this, or if you want to hear more about me talking to Gene, well, there's two things you can do. One, if you become a PIT member over at productivityintech.com slash memberships and sign up, not only will you gain access to the bonus show for this and all the other episodes that I've done this year, you will also be helping out App Camp for Girls. That's right. The first month of subscription goes to App Camp for Girls to help continue development for young women in tech all over the world. Uh, the other thing that you can do is just sign up for micro.blog. Uh, I will be actually on her podcast eventually. It hasn't been planned yet, but uh, we have agreed to, um, I've agreed to jump on. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week. A shout out to Gene once again for being such an awesome guest on the show. Uh, thank you to Nadir Omawale for the use of his music, A Hustler in Spite of Myself. And until next time, if you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on social media at prod underscore in underscore tech, or for more information, go to productivityintech.com. But that's going to do it. I'm Jay Miller. I hope you've been productive. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>